0: Hello and welcome back to the Organist on Calls with me, RhJ at the microphone. This week I'm exploring the genre of music known as exotica. Broadly speaking, exotica emerged in the 1950s and reached its peak a decade later. It's characterised by exotic and tropical sounds and was heavily influenced by the post-war fascination with travel and the exploration of foreign cultures. The genre incorporated elements from various musical traditions, including Latin American, Caribbean, African, and Polynesian sounds. Of course, it was heavily influenced by a broader exotica music movement of the time, which sought to evoke a sense of escape and the allure of faraway lands. One of the key figures associated with popularization of exotic music was American composer and musician Les Baxter. His 1951 album called Ritual of the Savage is often considered one of the earliest and most influential Exotica albums and whose success paved the way for the rise of the genre. Now the broad tonal palette of the theatre organ offers organists a good opportunity to pick up inspiration from such early pioneers. The track that comes to mind as my entry point into the luring sounds of Exotica is George Wright's interpretation of Les Baxter's quiet village from that same Ritual of the Savage album. Baxter described the theme as he was conveying the work as the jungle grows denser as the riverboat slowly makes its way into the deep interior of the jungle. In this 1955 recording on the Richard Vaughan organ George made use of real bird calls. Apparently a recording of a mockingbird slowed down to half speed. Baxter's Quiet Village. George revisited the junglescape on his Hollywood organ with a 1994 version of Quiet Village but I preferred the earlier one with the Vaughan organ lending a little more mystery to the sound. If you've not heard Baxter's original you can find it on YouTube or Spotify and it will give you a good idea of how close Wright came to Baxter's arrangement and where George added his own individual stylings. Another early and popular performer to exploit the genre was American-born caller Pandit, a.k.a. John Roland Redd. His American TV performances were legendary. Pandit gained prominence through his live performances on the Hammond organ, combining elements of exotica, jazz and classical music. Sat at his Hammond organ and piano, dressed in an exotic costume topped with a turban, he would stare mesmerizingly into the camera, bringing the female masses under his musical spell with the temptation of some eastern promise. His playing technique was unique and he used the Hammond organ as a sort of tabla percussion, peppering his arrangements with an Indian-like flavour. It secured his rise to fame in the 1950s as one of the pioneers of exotica music and helped popularise the Hammond organ. claps there to bring you out from under the spell of Caller Pandit and his arrangement of Mizzaloo. Record labels were quick to jump upon the cash-making bandwagon of Exotica, and while composers like Les Baxter and Arthur Lyman were churning out original theme music, orchestral arrangers like Jackie Gleason, Wally Stott and Andre Castellanes were busy pressing existing compositions into the Exotica mould. No doubt, some compositions were shoehorned into commercial existence, whilst other descriptive piano or orchestral pieces were just waiting for a chance to join the Exotica club. One such gem was Cyril Scott's 1905 piano composition, Lotusland. It was already chock full of imaginative cues that opened up the mind to a vista of mystical, exotic landscapes. And for a master like Konstellanets, it took little to add a layer of orchestration that would turn the work into an exotic masterpiece. I know of at least two organists who recorded it. George Wright, uh, on his Pasadena studio organ, painted a very similar picture to that of Costa Lanets, whilst Lynn Larson chose to recreate Wright's version on the 580 San Filippo instrument on his album called Paradise Revisited. Which one to choose, though? Well, this show started with a GW track, and as a recovering George Wright addict, my therapist only allows me one track at a time at the moment, so Mr Larson, if you would please? Ah, the vast resources of a mega-organ there, scale back to bring Wright's imaginative arrangement back to life there, on the plains of some remote paradise. During the Exotica period, musicians had a particular fascination with the cultures and music of the Pacific Islands, which led to the creation of a distinct interpretation of the region's music. This interpretation was heavily influenced by the broader Exotica music movement of the time, these adaptations were sometimes referred to as Hawaiian or Tahitian music, even if the specific influences extended beyond those islands. With Phil Kelsall playing the Hawaiian wedding song on the Worthing Wurlitzer, utilising that silky smooth ensemble to help drift us off to faraway shores of some Pacific Island. Like George Wright, some players incorporated natural sound effects to give a sheen of realism as yet another example of a romanticised and stylized version of Pacific Island music, which tailored to the tastes and expectations of Western audiences and which sought to evoke a sense of escape and the allure of faraway islands. This next piece of music was once again firmly loaded into the Exotica canon by Andre Kostelanitz. And while Andre's arrangement had a very mysterious oriental feel to it, this next version on pipe organ has, shall we say, a more Pacific Island style. Two tracks there, one following on from the other. First of all, we had The Moon of Marakouru, as played by Johnny Duffy, there with his console adrift on some faraway shore, carried by trade winds, scented with paradise. Actually, in reality, he probably had a sore bottom from sitting for hours on a hard organ bench in a studio, cutting tracks for escapists like myself. Following on from that, another firm favourite in the Jackie Gleason stable of exotica arrangements, Flamingo, given a very imaginative treatment by the late great Jim Rosevear on the four-manual 37-rank Kimball that used to be in the Wilton Theatre in L.A. The Robert Maxwell song Shangri-La took its name from James Hilton's 1933 novel Lost Horizon. In the 1930s and 40s, it was a slang word for heaven or paradise, and the song is about the joy of being in love. While one of Maxwell's own versions is more suited to a burlesque setting, as used during an episode of Mad Men, arrangements by the likes of Jackie Gleason and Wally Stott made it a supreme contender for the creme de la creme of exotica. Now, for shangri to truly come to life on a pipe organ, we're going to need a big acoustic, some ooey gooey sounds, and a set of deluxe stereo organ chambers. <laughs> Bob Van Camper sat at the very exotic gold-gilded console of the Fox Atlanta Moller, drenching us with one final coating of Exotica to wrap up this show. Hopefully our little trip through the world of Exotica has provided you with a little bit of escapism, and on that note, the local sandy shores on the tiny paradise-like island that I live on here in Asia are beckoning me. Until next time, cheerio.